Hey, Bubblers, just a heads up. Um, there's a lot of trial and error with this episode. And one thing that I didn't realize until I've been editing it was that um, all of the audio for um, Mississippi Valley State was corrupted. And they were such a bad team. Uh, you, you'll hear me rank them at the end. Like, worst team in the conference. You don't. It, no, no one cares. So, enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to On the Bubble. Welcome back to On the Bubble. The NBA draft is over. And with that, let's add some change to the podcast because we can't do a single episode for every single NCAA team. We tried, okay? It was very difficult. Uh, but truthfully, we do not have the time commitment. Calvin and I do not have the time commitment to get that done before the start of the NCAA year. So what we're going to do is recap each conference, starting from the, the worst performing conference, according to Ken Palm, from last year, up until the best. So this is going to be a long episode. Each episode leading up to the year is going to be a long episode. But right now we have an updated look at all of the teams, because Everyone's pretty much done committing, and like I said, the draft is done. It's currently June 28th at the time of this first recording for this episode. So let's get started with that. Um, it's just going to be a long monologue for me today. Calvin couldn't join. We're both busy, so I understand. Hopefully Calvin will see you on next time. But for now, I'm going to take us the whole way through. Maybe I'll add in a few breaks in between, but um, I'm going to give this a shot. So... With regards to the SWAC, obviously the worst com- they're the worst conference. We've, we've talked about them for a while now. The SWAC is horrid. Nothing about the SWAC is good. Um, we've talked about Alabama A&M. We've talked about Alabama State, Alcorn State, Arkansas Pine Bluff. And haven't really had rave reviews on, on too many of them. You know, I think Alcorn State, uh, no, I, I said they were 14 and 20. Um, is there any school that I kind of liked at this point? No, no, I, I, I hate all of them. Damn. Well, let's see what I like about this next school. FAMU, Florida A&M, the school aside across the tracks from Florida State University. So, delving into this team a little bit. They went 13 and 17 a year ago in their first year as a part of this incredible conference, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Now, the Rattlers are led by Robert McCollum, who is a a 68-year-old veteran of the NCAA. His coaching resume is actually pretty impressive. He was an assistant at 12 schools. Um, Off the top of my head, if I can remember, it was like Florida, Oregon, maybe like he added in a Gonzaga somewhere. Like like he was kind of everywhere. He also coached the uh, Nigerian national men's national team for like a year or two which is that's kind of impressive and he was also an assistant with the Guangzhou Lions and I know I didn't pronounce that correctly but he was an assistant in the in the Chinese basketball league so that that's cool he's very well traveled he's been everywhere he has experience at as an assistant at 12 different schools like you you just don't see that usually you see guys kind of follow coaches and Robert never found himself a home until he reached Tallahassee. And he's been a head coach there since 2017 to the present. 
and he like really hasn't been that good. So, like I said, they uh, FAMU joined the Southwestern Athletic Conference this past year. Uh, prior to that, he was a part of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. That's what FAMU was. Uh, the Meek, we'll call it. And uh, between those like three years and this last year, they went 54 and 88 overall. So it's really like there's not much to root for. There is one player to root for, and I'll talk about him in a sec. But um, onto some onto some of the overall team stats. You know, there's I, I will bring up the good news first. This team really like impressively ranked third in block percentage in the country. So for whatever reason, they're not a, a tall team by any means. Uh, you know, I love my my height stats, and their average height was like smack dab in the middle at 173 but for some reason they these these like i don't want to say little guys but they, these guys they they could block and good for them uh their, their blocking ability was led by their center this past year his name was dj jones and he had uh he had a few blocks he had like one or two blocks per game but i don't know for for whatever reason i don't it, it's actually kind of hard i don't really see where these blocks are coming from but i guess as a team a lot of these these starters just blocked people. So number three in the country in block percentage. Good for you, fam. You keep that keep that up. Now that's really the only good news. Uh, this team ranked three hundred fifteenth offensively, two hundred seventy fourth defensively, and so the fact that they went thirteen and seventeen tells you all you need to know about the swack. They suck. I I'm gonna love saying that over this probably, I don't know, like hour, eh, 45 minute long episode. Yeah, this wax sucks. So that's why their uh, record was 13 and 17, but their offensive and defensive metrics rank so poorly. Um, in addition to that, they had the 264th fastest tempo in the country, aka slow team. Now, one more bright spot, um, it, kind of a sad spot too. So this team last year had the SWAC Player of the Year, and he he graduated. He's gone, but I'll take a moment to acknowledge him and his uh historic numbers that he put up on the Rattlers. So six four, he played like the point guard and the three. His name was M M J Randolph. So my guy is kind of what you call a stat compiler. He played ninety six point three percent of his team's minutes, which um, that equates to 38.6 points per game, like, that no one does that. He is number one in the country in minutes per game. Like, that is absolutely insane. MJ Randolph was a grinder. He probably gave FAMU, like, five or six of uh, their wins all on his own because he averaged 18.8 points per game and 6.2 rebounds, three and a half assists, um, taking a look at his shooting numbers real quick, he, he never actually shot the three. Uh, he only shot 39 times, so for a short guy, he just attacked the rim. He was like a like a Isaiah Thomas attacking the rim. Super impressive. I don't know. I never saw him play. But MJ Randolph just put the buckets in. He got the points. He helped his team, and he was rewarded for it. Swack player of the year. Good for him. Um, he... Did graduate, so he's off the team, and I guess he did have one more year of eligibility left, you know, this COVID eligibility, 
but he just some agent told him, hey, you're you're going to get drafted. You're going to get a chance. And whoever that agent is, he should not represent anyone anymore because MJ Randolph was not drafted and has not since been signed onto an NBA team to even prove himself in the summer league. So MJ Randolph, my God, I could see him being like the uh, 2041 FAMU Ratworth coach. I'm sure they'd love to have him back. Or after after he has a successful 10-year uh, career in the Rwandan Basketball League. I think he has a, a good shot to succeed overseas. So MJ Randolph will be uh, dearly missed in Rattler, in the Rattler community. Um, and in addition to that, like pretty much the rest of the starting rotations either are gone or they're a senior with one year of extra COVID eligibility with these smaller, crappier schools. It's really hard to it's hard to tell who's staying and who's going. Their social media kind of sucks with that. But, yeah, their, their shooting guard, their power forward, their center, all leaving. And not like they even really contributed that much. But, yeah, like, they're, they're all gone, probably. And uh, I guess they got blocks for their team. Like, I don't know. Cameron Reeves, Bryce Moraine, DJ Jones who I mentioned previously with the blocks, like they're all probably gone. Um, Bryce Moraine was the only other person to talk about from last year. Ten points per game, six and a half rebounds, uh, whatever, he's gone. Nothing to worry about. Um, with that, uh, there there's really no good incoming players coming in. Um, I took a look at their Instagram. They have, they have two unranked players that will be joining the team. Uh, one of them has the last name of Bates, so I looked that up. And no, he's not Emony Bates's brother. He's just another Bates who will probably not be good in college. Um, and in Emony's case, get in, in trouble. Maybe, I don't know. I don't want to assume. But, um, yeah, Bates is going to be on the team. I don't know. He probably won't get any minutes. But, like, like I said, you know, a lot of these guys are just not going to be on the team. Uh, the only starting member that will be my player to watch for is the um, starting point guard from this past year, Jalen Spear. Um, he averaged 10 points per game. I think he was the only other player to do it besides MJ Randolph. But like he didn't even shoot the ball well, 33% from the field. Uh, I think that was lower from three-point, yeah, 25% from beyond the arc. Like, this guy, Jalen Spear, isn't good, but there's genuinely, like, nothing else that I find um, especially interesting about this team. I mean, genuinely. Like, there's nothing. I don't know. Like, even their bench guys, a lot of them are seniors. I don't even know what to uh, assume about them. Literally, let me me take a look right now. So, Jalen Spear played 33% of the, the team's minutes. Um, and then besides that, there were, yeah, there's a couple juniors that one played 30% of the team's minutes, another played 24%. Like, these guys just didn't play. This team was run by their seniors. So, hopefully some of them come back, because Lord knows the Rattlers need it. Uh, the Rattlers are running on kind of a high right now. So, the FAMU marching band actually appeared at Louis Vuitton's Men's Spring 2023 show and French Historical Appreciation of Black American Culture. So, really cool opportunity for them. I've actually heard 
that from, from multiple sources that the FAMU's marching band is incredible. So really keep an eye out in case you ever see them on, on your TV at any point. FAMU's marching band, W, FAMU Rattlers Basketball, L. Um, so with that, I, I suppose I'll give my prediction. You know, I, I've mentioned this already. No real starters remain on the team besides Jalen Spear. So I guess I'll be looking to see if Spear can average 15 points per game. And he could honestly get that just by making more buckets, by getting better Spear. Come on. Um, but yeah, so many guys leaving. No one really coming in. No transfers that I noticed. Nothing special about this Rattlers team. I'm going to have them worse, obviously. We all knew this was coming. Uh, but still, the swag sucks. So I, w- I won't kill them. They went 13-17 and 17 this past year. Uh, let's put them at 10-20 and 20 next year. So Rattler is going to get a little worse. I'm excited to see what's to come with the rest of these SWAC teams because so far they all are terrible. Now let's talk about a better team. Just kidding. Let's talk about Grambling. Um, Grambling's not that good also. Uh, 12 and 20, really not the best year. Uh, They are also the Tigers, by the way. So if they could get a better year going... Maybe they could challenge LSU. I don't know. Um, but another not good team uh, from Grambling, Louisiana. Their head coach is Dante Jackson, uh, 43 years old. So kind of a kind of a young guy with a little bit of an interesting resume. So he he went to one, I forget what, one school first, uh, Central State. Yes, that's where he coached as an assistant from 2003 to 2010. Uh, Central State is an HBCU in Wilberforce, Ohio. So he came, he he was there. He was the head coach uh, from 2010 to 2014 and then graduated up to Stillman College, uh, HBCU Presbyterian College in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So a team that really challenges the, the Crimson Tide, obviously. And so after a few years there, of winning, he had a 66 and 21 record as a part of this D2 school Stillman. Uh, he's been a, the head coach of Grambling State from um, tw- 2017 until um, this this past year. Dante Jackson really hasn't done much over the last four years. It's just been a lot of mediocrity at Grambling State, which I, guess, I can't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, came out with a bang, actually, thirteen and five within their own conference, seventeen and fourteen overall. You know, overall record's not great. Thirteen and five in the conference is pretty damn good. So they finished first there, and uh, obviously nothing really happened. Uh, nothing really came up of that. Uh, following year, they went seventeen and seventeen, then seventeen and fifteen. Then uh, 11 and 11 in the pandemic year. And then last year, they kind of kerplunked down the 12 and 20. So, you know, kind of on the way down, but hopefully there's a way up. Um, the only issue is, uh, like, this is kind of an old team. There's not too much to like. Their leading scorer was a guy named Cameron Christone. Very nice. Very French, maybe. Um, he averaged, what was it, like 13 points per game, 
like 40% from three. You know, he was good. He was, he was solid. He was all right. Um, but besides that, there's not really too much to, to root for. And that really makes a lot of sense because his team went um, like eight and nine in their conference, which in the SWAC, that's terrible. And 12 and 20 on the year. They didn't really beat any good teams out of the conference. And it sucks too because um, this team was kind of an experienced team. They ranked 54th in the, the country in experience. Uh, a lot of the guys were seniors or juniors. So again, it's the sort of thing like with FAMU that we discussed. Um, where FAMU is actually, by the way, the eighth ranked or uh, the eighth most experienced team in the country. So I should have noted that. But kind of like with the, the Rattlers, you know, I don't really know how many of these guys are staying. Um, if Chris Stone stays for another year, that'd be sick. I'm sure he'd be great. Um, one notable departure that I'll mention is Prince Moss. And I know you don't know who Prince Moss is, but if you ever watched the Harlem Globetrotters play, you might because he was drafted by them. And I don't really know how the, how the hell that works. All I know is he was drafted, not into the NBA, but by the Harlem Globetrotters. So I'm sure his highlight mixtape was pretty good. And I encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, so Prince Moss will be leaving. He only started like half the games and didn't really do anything. And just in general, yeah, th- this whole team really didn't do anything. Oh, Prince Moss was 6'7", 180. Yeah, I know he's... He's a, a catapult. Oh my! I, I know he's got hops. That's probably awesome. Um, they had a center this past year. I'm just looking at this now. Amari McRae, 6'10", 260. What a monster. I'm sure he, yeah, he only got three and a half rebounds a game because I'm sure he sucks. But yeah, he, he's, they got a beast on the team. But really no one else to, to really care about. Um, I don't know who's staying and who's going, but there's there's a lot of guys that are probably going. Um, uh, I guess I'll talk about Tremichael Moden. Uh, he was the starting point guard, only other player to average double digits, uh, three and a half assists per game at the one. So whatever. I don't know. Shouldn't have even mentioned him. But the one person I will mention is there's actually a, a transfer recruit coming in, and it, it's kind of an interesting one. So... Jonathan Aku, not a chew, Aku. So I didn't sneeze, um, but you, I wouldn't uh, look away either at this former four-star prospect. He uh, was originally committed and played for two years for Texas A&M. Uh, they really didn't play him, and they must have uh, sneezed away at how bad he was because. Um, no, he didn't really get that many minutes. He got eight and a half minutes per game his first year. His second year uh, in 2020 to 2021, pandemic year, obviously got cut short. But he did start like half the games. He just didn't really do anything. He averaged like two points, three rebounds. So because he didn't really do anything, he transferred to um, SF Austin, uh, Stephen F. Austin. And they did like nothing with him either this past year. He averaged four minutes per game and, and one point. But what I will say about Jonathan Aku is my guy is 6'10", my guy is 263. So I expect him to come in and be a beast. Probably a little bit more athletic than that center that I, that I just mentioned. 
Um, well, same, Amari McRae. Yeah, like like he's he's hopefully gonna get some starting spots ahead of McRae. He's my player to watch. I don't know. Maybe he can get ten rebounds a game, double double. Like he hasn't proven literally anything. I haven't seen his film, but yeah, maybe maybe Jonathan Aku could be something special for Grambling State because they sure as hell need it. Um, wrapping this up, you know, obviously not a good team. Like 331st offensively, 245th defensively. Uh, they couldn't shoot the ball at all, and they they overall sucked. But this is the slack, and you know what? We've we've kind of been a little harsh on every single team so far. So I'm going to be a little nice to Grambling State. You know, they probably do have some starters coming back, and the coach it has tasted success in the past, so he could brought them there. He could he could bring success there. He already won a conference championship with Grambling. Why not again? I'm not saying it's going to happen. It probably won't. But I'm going to say this team gets a little bit better. Maybe Jonathan Aku becomes a rim protector, one of the best in the NCAA. And he rivals um, Baba Miller from Florida State for the number one overall pick. We'll see. I'm going to say this team gets a, a little bit better, but obviously I'm not expecting much. I'll give them a flat 16 and 16. So four games better than this past year. That's Grambling State. Good luck, Jonathan Aku. Yeah, so the next team that we got in this crappy conference is uh, a team that is coached by someone interesting. And I think we may have had it messed up in the past um, regarding Alabama State's head coach. Um, I think he's now co- he is now coaching this team, and we just might have had it wrong earlier in our first few episodes. Mo Williams is leading the Jackson State uh, Tigers. Uh, that's the next team that we're, we'll discuss. This Jackson State Tigers. Mo Williams can have to pull them out of the trenches. They went eleven and nineteen this past year, um, nine and nine in their conference. So. We know they're bad. Last year, they ranked as the 277th best team. But it's interesting because the year before that, in the COVID year, Jackson State went 11-5 and and 11-0 and within their own conference. So just terrible luck uh, dropping from the best team in this conference, uh, at least tied for first in their conference, all the way down to like mid-tier. Uh, let's see, in their, in their COVID year, they ranked two, oh, only 265. So, yeah, it was just a, their conference. But, okay, going talking about this team last year, they just all around sucked. They didn't beat any good programs. They beat Texas Southern, I guess. Like, shout out to that one. Um, but, you know, 332nd best offense, 165th best defense. Uh, this, is a, this, this is definitely a program that suffered last year. One player that I want to bring attention first. Um, very interesting. So there's a 6-2 guard, uh, senior Gabe Watson. He played seven games last year, but averaged 15 points per game in 25 minutes. He actually was pretty good. Um, his story is also pretty interesting. He spent two years at Southern Mississippi starting off um, in, with like 13 points per game, 40% shooting. Uh, in the second year. And then in the pandemic year, he played for Tulane. Shout out Dan Leach. And then last year, he played seven games for Jackson State, um, but stopped playing in like the beginning of January. 
I don't know why. Uh, I reached out to him via DM. Of course, I didn't really get a response, but, you know, it it happens. We're not big yet. But Gabe Watson, if he's, if he's back on the team next year, he's definitely a player to watch. But he just kind of stopped playing basketball from after January 5th or something like that. I don't know why. Uh, Jackson State sports information staff is honestly pretty crappy. They didn't tell me anything about what happened to Gabe Watson, but hopefully he comes back. He didn't appear to be in the transfer portal or anything. I think he's just kind of stopped playing basketball, but hopefully he comes back for this team. Uh, and this team's also, you know, knocking them while they're down, but they had a couple of their like top players just in the tr- transfer portal. Like they're gone too. They had this guy, Javius McKinnis, who's a fifth year senior, and he transferred to Ole Miss, but he put up 12.5 points per game, 10.5 rebounds, and three blocks. So they're losing a big interior presence right there. And following that, their third leading scorer, Terrence Lewis, also entered the transfer portal, and he hasn't selected a team yet, which is pretty curious. Hopefully, maybe they could snag him back. But he averaged 8.5 points per game, and he's gone. So that's really, really disappointing. Mo Williams doesn't have much to deal with, and from what I saw, there's no real players incoming that are any good. Um, Other notes, very slow tempo team, uh, really, really bad shooting numbers, like among the worst in the nation, uh, across from beyond the arc, inside the arc, uh, free throws, like think mid-300s for all of them. Really, really bad team overall. Um, I'll make this quick because this team is so bad. Uh, Player to watch for. I'll give it to my guy, Ken Evans. Uh, he's a freshman last year, and he like, like he, he did okay, I guess. He started um, eight points per game, five rebounds, shot the ball terribly, 36% from the field, and, and shot it a lot too. Um, so maybe he'll take a leap up into like the leading scoring role because he shot the ball a crap ton, like seven and a half attempts per game. He put up his shots. He just didn't like make any of them. His three point percentage wasn't that good anyway, or in addition, uh, six, five, like he'll probably play to three again this year, but he'll be my player to watch for. Cause there's, there's really like no one else. I'll be completely honest. There's no one else on this team that has shown me anything that I could be excited about. So we'll make this episode, we'll make this segment very short because this team's not good. They're in the same conference, so they'll, they'll get their wins just like all the other teams in this terrible conference. But I see this team being worse rather than better. Um, I mean, pretty much their entire starting lineup was, was seniors besides Ken Evans or in Terrence's Lewis case, uh, entered the transfer portal. So I mean they went 11 and 19 this last year. I'm gonna say they're. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll give them the same record 11 and 19 just because I'm giving them a, a little bit of of slack, given that this conference is so bad. But yeah, Jackson State, Deion Sanders, he's gonna put the spotlights. Uh, he's gonna put the spotlight on this athletic program. Mo Williams, uh, obviously NBA champ, incredible NBA career, played with LaFraud for a few years. Uh, I think he'll need to get some of his guys over the next couple uh, recruiting cycles because this team is also terrible. Jackson State, 11-19, good luck. So as you guys know, um, coming up with this this next segment here, 
I am trying to learn uh, as much as I can about every team in the, the college basketball world, but I don't know anything. And that, that's the point of all of this. But one thing that I didn't know was this next school that we are discussing. Like, I just didn't know they existed. Um, let's talk about Prairie View A&M. Um, we're talking about the Panthers, not the Carolina Panthers, the Prairie View A&M. I can't even say their, their team name very well, so I'm probably just going to call them uh, the Panthers. Now, uh, the Panthers are located in, right, I'm going to say it, Prairie View, Texas. Uh, I haven't really looked it up on Google Maps. I don't really know like where that is exactly, but um, this is a kind of a interesting recent team history so so Byron Smith he's the he's the coach he's been there since he took over in the middle of the 2016 season and he kind of took them from what was uh kind of like a middling team uh 13 and 20 then 16 and 18 and then he he took them from those years to uh in 2018 in the 2018-19 season they went 22 and 13, and 17 and one in their own conference. Um, made it into March Madness, obviously, uh, and then they capitalized on that uh, with a 19 and 13, but more importantly, 14 and four in their conference in the oh non the pandemic year. Actually, um, wait, uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm super confused. So it's no postseason health, but I don't really know why. Because it was the year after that that they also were tied for first in their conference, 13 whatever. All you need to know is this team has done pretty solid recently in, in conference play especially. Um, five losses in three years. And then last year they come and they kind of throw up um, a little bit of poopy. Um, like 8 and 10 in their conference. Uh, with an 8-19 overall record. So Prairie View A&M kind of took a step backwards where they were contending in the SWAC in recent years. And hopefully um, Byron Smith can change that in what will be his, I believe, um, eighth year. So let's talk about the team. Uh, they started out 0-11, not winning a, any out-of-conference games. And then they just kind of did their thing in their conference um, and dropped the last three in the regular season and lost in overtime, actually, to Alcorn State. Um, a few notes about the team. They were very experienced last year, uh, 36th oldest team in the NCAA. And they also ran a fast-tempo offense, just something fun to consider if I am reviewing these notes before watching a Panthers game. Uh, 38th fastest tempo in college basketball. Uh, one more interesting note uh, off Wikipedia, the Prairie View A&M versus Texas Southern basketball rivalry is the most anticipated and highly attended basketball series in the SWAC. Uh, the February 2018 matchup at Prairie View A&M saw a home crowd of approximately 4,000, which was the largest for the season. So uh, if I guess if I can remember, that rivalry will be one to tune into. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about the players a little bit. Um, not too much to, to buy into. Like I said, a lot of these guys were older. Um, it looks like four of the five main starters, or at least, uh, the, the guys that had the most minutes at each position 
they were all seniors and only one, uh, Jeremiah Campbell, was a junior. So obviously, you know, it, like you all know, it's very annoying for me to predict who's going to be coming back and who's like actually graduating. Um, difficult to determine eligibility with these small schools where no one really posts anything. But um, team's leading scorer last year was Jawan Daniels. He played mostly at the four, six, seven, two, oh, five. Uh, like I say, he's a senior, so I don't know if he'll be back. But he averaged 15 points per game, 6.7 rebounds. Um, off uh, not, not too bad shooting, 37% from beyond the arc, um, 44% uh, flat. Uh, you know, he actually kind of seemed like a, a good little player. Uh, he played a lot of minutes, 34 and a half. So that's kind of how he compiled a lot of his numbers. But if he's back, again, it's it's a big if because we all know he'll definitely be the, the focal point of the team. Um, but among the, those players returning, you know, that I mentioned, uh, Jeremiah Gambrell, uh, point guard. He stands at 6'3", so kind of a, a taller point guard, which I kind of like. And he put up the second most points on the team, uh, 12.2. Um, but kind of middling shooting numbers, uh, not too great from beyond the arc. He played 30 minutes per game, nothing super noteworthy besides the double-digit points. Um, but as with, unfortunately, you know, as with the recent schools that I talked about, no real incoming players, uh, and I'm going to assume that at least one or two of these seniors are going to be leaving this team. Um, it's difficult to determine who's going to step up besides the bench. And they had a couple guys on their bench, but none of them made any like, feasible impact on this team besides a couple of points. So with that being said, I'm going to watch Jeremiah Gambrell um, just because he's the best of the rest. But yeah, it sucks. I want to I support these teams. I want to have them all look like they're getting better. Well, I think it's going to come down to you, all of these teams in the SWAC. It's just going to be a crapshoot. It's going to be a crapshoot of who comes back and who performs uh, to a to a higher level. Uh, one thing to note, this team had the toughest non-conference schedule in the NCAA. Yeah, they got smacked. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. This is kind of just an interesting storyline. Their first six games were against St. Mary's, San Francisco Dons, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and then I'll even add in number 93, Grand Canyon. They just kind of got smacked around by all of them. And then uh, they lost to Loyola Marymount, obviously not a good team. But then they lost to South Dakota State, Boise State, the Wichita State Shockers. Like, like they kind of had a really tough go through the start of the year. So lots of good experience there if they have guys that come back, but... Actually, you know, I'm going to assume that they get a few more wins just based on if they have a tougher out-of-conference schedule, which I'm assuming they will. It's tough to stay as the the worst or the, the most difficult, um, mind that. With that, I'll be tuning into the Texas Southern Prairie View A&M game because it's the game to watch. I'm going to be seeing how Jeremiah Gambrell can maybe improve on his shooting a little bit. Um, get to the line more. He, he shot 82% from the line. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling on about random players. Um, but there is room for improvement, especially with an easier schedule. And I mean, they, they did only, they did go in, in their own conference. So 
it's all about getting tacking on just a, just a few more wins in this up-tempo Byron Smith championship roster. Um, whatever. I'll have them be a little bit better, and I'm saying that strictly based on like su- the success that they've had from 2018 to 2021. So I'll give them a little bit of love. They went eight and 19 last year. I'll I'll make them like I'll make them like oh, I'll show them love. I'll give them like 13 and 15, and just kind of cross my fingers that more seniors come back. But uh, with that Prairie View, you have my attention now. I know that you're a, a school. And I hope you meet my expectations. Best of luck. All right, Bubblers. So with Prairie View, which, like, I didn't know it was an actual college. Um, Southern. I, I knew I knew Southern was a college. You, you can't get me there. But I didn't know they were the Jaguars. So we I now have my new favorite uh, Jaguars team. Sorry, Jagnall. Um, the Southern Jaguars... Jaguars based in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. God, these, these names are just trying to stump me. Um, the Southern Jaguars in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, led by um, probably my new favorite coach, Sean Woods. And that, that's what this uh, segment will probably be most about, is uh, Sean Woods' incredible actions. But... This team, yeah, you know, uh, we're talking about a team that actually had a winning record last year in the SWAC. Uh, you can't say that about many, and we certainly haven't been able to say that in, in quite a while. But this team did it, 17-14. and 14. Uh, They actually finished 11-6 within their own conference, and they just kind of had a crappy game against uh, Grambling State in the first game in the first game that they played in the SWAC tournament uh, against Grambling State. They lost by two. But besides that, this team actually kind of did good. They like they had kind of a signature win in their second game of the year against Tulane. Tulane wasn't a bad team last year. They were uh, 14 and 15, so actually they were kind of bad. But uh, whatever, Ken Palm has them as 98th best team. Um but yeah, they had a signature win. Uh, offensively, they ranked poorly, 290. But this is like a, I guess this is sort of like a, a team they have to look in between the lines because they had a the 125th uh, best defense, which is probably like the best in the SWAC. I'm, I'm not checking, but I'm assuming that's at least the best or second best defense. Um, fast tempo offense, 47th. Um, yeah, I mean. Short, very short team, but they, they got the win against Tulane, and they kind of did okay in their conference. And not a bad year. Um, okay, now let's talk about the coach. Um, my guy, Sean Woods, right? Sean Woods has been the coach at Southern since 2018. And, and since that time, he, he's brought them from being a very bad team in the SWAC, 7-25, uh, to last year having been... Um, uh, it doesn't seem. Uh, sorry, seventeen and fourteen. I know this. Wikipedia doesn't have the update. Um, but yeah, this guy. Uh, he played for four years at Kentucky in the late eighties, early nineties. Hopped around a few assistant jobs in Texas, uh, various Texas schools. Uh, he coached Mississippi Valley State, um, who we recently spoke about for four years. 
Uh, and then from 2012 to 2016, he coached at Moorhead State, a team that recently made uh, the tournament. And he, he was kind of doing well. He had a 70, 77 and 70 record with the Moorhead State Eagles, like 600 winning percentage in, inside their own conference. You know, he actually didn't do like that bad of a job. Like you kind of expect someone like that to keep a job unless they're advancing. That didn't happen with Sean Woods. On November 22nd, 2016, Sean was suspended as head coach of Moorhead State as a result of an investigation into player mistreatment. He was subsequently charged with misdemeanor battery after two players accused him of assaulting them during a game. And a player's father claimed to ESPN that Woods headbutted his son. Okay, I was joking about the like favorite coach thing. Um, I do find the whole like headbutted his son thing kind of funny. Like I, I can't really picture that. Um, but obviously it's not a funny situation. But the fact they head headbutted um this guy's son on the team. Like, are you kidding? Who who does that? I wish there's a video. Um, I'm actually gonna pause now and see if there's just a video of it so I could learn a little bit more. Um, be right back. After further review, um, I found a video. I didn't see a video of him headbutting somebody, but I saw a video of him like screaming at one of his own players and push pushing him. Um, I'm not sure if that's the same person um, or this is the same instance. I didn't see any headbutt. I didn't see any head movement forward towards the player. But I did see a light shove, and it wasn't a heavy shove, but it was kind of a shove that like you can't really do as a head coach. So after a little bit of investigative work, um, this guy really shouldn't be a head coach. If this is a second instance of a player mistreatment, maybe uh this it was a nine it was a video from nine years ago. So uh, if this is a second instance of it, and then he and then like after this he headbutt somebody, uh like. My guy should not be a head coach because you can't do this. With that being said, he's back for another year, which kind of makes this an interesting team. I don't know who would want to play for this coach. So that's just kind of like an interesting thing to think about when it, with regards to like recruiting. But then again, since that investigation and since he's been a part of the Southern Jaguars, over the last few years, uh, he's kind of put together some solid teams. So just kind of an interesting thing, but he's he's sticking around. And this team mostly is. Um, they are losing one player, uh, Jaden Sadler. He was their starting shooting guard, uh, who appears to be like a fifth-year senior. And he was their third leading scorer, but didn't really do anything super, super special. Um, actually he did two and a, two point two steals per game. That's actually pretty stinking impress impressive. Um, does he have any stats? Yeah, 39th highest uh steal percentage in the country. So we got the defensive oh wait no. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I was wrong about that. Thirty-ninth uh highest steal percentage in the country. So kind of losing a defensive presence, that'll sting, but it seems like everyone else is kind of staying around, including uh, Tyrone Lyons. A 6'7", 190-pound power forward, uh, a junior. So that that kind of seems like an athletic build 
and he he put up some actually pretty good points, um, thirteen point seven leading the team in just a in uh twenty eight and a half minutes per game. Uh, shot the two, and he also shot the three. He didn't shoot the three often, but uh, he did hit it at a forty two percent clip. Added in five rebounds, a steal and a half. Uh, he's definitely my player to watch for. Just kind of a an interest. I haven't seen anything about him, but I can assume he's actually like probably a decent player. I'll keep an eye on him. Uh, no incoming players besides that Jaden Sadler guy leaving. So no notable additions or departures. Obviously, we'll see what happens. It's hard to track these uh, things. But, yeah, I'll keep an eye on Tyrone Lyons. And, guy, like, I don't really want to forget about this team. I'm going to note down Sean Woods is an absolute menace of a coach. He pushes his players to the limits like no other coach can. And for that, like... I, I get, like I'm kind of balancing out me being hard on all of the earlier schools because I am behind Sean Woods. I think maybe he's learned from his past um, errors, and he will lead this team to greatness once again. Southern Jaguars. They went 17 and 14 last year. God, it, it's it's the thing is it's not like a prairie it's not like a Prairie View A and M thing because Prairie View A and M lost like 11 games in a row to good programs and this team they lost they like don't get me wrong they lost to good programs they only lost to uh to Kentucky by 12 they only lost to Dayton by nine this team actually wasn't that bad and they kind of did well in their own conference like I said 11 and 6 my god Southern okay I'm gonna I'm gonna show them some love I'm gonna show them some love it, it's about time I showed a team some love Southern Tigers you are going 20 and um, 15. So I'll give you some more wins, uh, assuming you're going to get a little there. Southern, or did I say Tigers? Uh, Southern Jaguars, 20 and 15. And I'm watching out for Tyrone Lyons because he is just the best player on the team. And there's no one else that I really care about that much at all. Um, cheers. And uh, Coach Woods, do some, do some funny stuff again. I, I'd be interested in that. Okay, Bubblers, we have made it to the end. The last team that we'll cover in the Southwestern Athletic Conference is good old SWAC. And this is the team that won the conference last year, and they won it the year before as well. We're talking about the Texas Southern Tigers. Um, so they've been the, the, the top of the top of the pack uh, two years in a row in the NCAA tournament. And uh, good for them. It's kind of an interesting team that we'll cover and. You know, it's kind of the same theme that we've talked about. Oh, I'll, I'll go and dive into it. But, um, yeah, so the Texas Texas Southern Tigers, um, they are located in Houston, Texas. So big, big, big city, big, uh, big college vibes, I suppose. And this team has been led by Johnny Jones. And he's kind of like, a, he, he's just kind of been there doing that for the Texas Southern Tigers. Um, kind of an impressive coaching resume. Uh, he coached at Memphis back in uh, the 1999-2000 season for one year. And then he went over to North Texas, where uh, he led them to a 190-146 overall record. Very respectable. Then he went to LSU. That was his big ticket job uh, from 2012 to 2017. And, and he did okay with them, 90-72, uh, and 72, but obviously probably not the standards that the, those Tigers fans wanted. So uh, I guess he was booted 
and from, since 2018, he has coached the Texas Southern Tigers to a 76-53 and 53 record, but, you know, they're in the SWAC. They play some tough out-of-conference games. He's been 49-18 and 18 within their own conference, so super impressive, um, and they haven't, they, they've ranked second and third over those four years in the regular season, but like I said, those last two years, they, uh, at least like this year, they beat uh, Jackson State, then Grambling State, then Alcorn State, which was the team that we covered at the beginning, which I'm pretty sure I said they were pretty good. Uh, and they made it as a 16 seed. And then this past year, they were in the first four and they beat Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Shout out to them. Uh, won by nine points. And then they got smacked around by Kansas. But you know, that happens. Uh, they did have a signature win earlier on in the year. They beat UF. So we love that. And I'm actually, that makes me like this team a little bit more. And they beat them by 15 away too. So at UF, just killed the Gators in um, December 6th. And I, I, I really do love that. Um, some notes about this team. Now, like we'll talk about the, the negatives, you know, like they, they did really well with the roster that they had last year. But it's that seems to not be the roster that they're going to have this upcoming year. Um Going into my analytics, they had the third most experienced team uh, out of every team in the NCAA. So a lot of these guys aren't really going to be coming back. Uh, actually, also one interesting roster stat, the bench played the most minutes out of any other team in the country. So that's also very interesting to see. They, they didn't stick with their starters. They had good depth and a lot of veteran depth. As I look at this team, only one player played significant minutes on, on this team, like starting role and in the bench role. Only one player played significant minutes that hasn't been classified as a senior. So I've said this with the last few schools, and it's going to be the same story. I'm sorry. Unlike our earlier episodes covering some better teams where I like knew who was staying and who was going, I still I still don't really know. Um we can assume that a few of these seniors are going to graduate. Hopefully a few of them come back. Um, something I didn't cover, I just happened to click on him because I, w- I wanted to see who was staying and leaving. Um, there, I want to see their third leading scorer, uh, Bryson Etienne. He played mostly at the two. Uh, he was a senior, but he ended up actually transferring to Southern. Uh, 24-7 didn't cover that because probably he's not that exceptional of a transfer recruit, but he's, he's going to Southern. So that helps him out a little bit more. I know I showed some love to, to Southern. And actually, as I say that, I want to pull up my season notes and predictions spreadsheet. Um, and I, I, I didn't even type it in. So I don't even, I'll, I'll revisit this in my recap coming up next, but yeah, Southern who I think I had them doing pretty well next year. They'll get a boost from, Bryson Etienne has some, some good swack depth. Um, but a lot of these guys are leaving. Uh, P.J. Henry was their uh, fourth leading scorer. Uh, John Walker, who was their leading scorer. Uh, just like most of these points, again, assuming they don't stay, then they'll be gone. They'll be graduated. Um, and like they're all seniors. So it's really, really tough to say what this roster is going to look like because there's no resources online about it. So th- this is honestly probably the biggest question mark out of any team uh, that I'm covering, 
So I'll be very conservative about my analysis. And I, I'll talk, I guess, mostly about what they did last year. So they had the 274th ranked offense, you know, go figure. Um, and But they had the 102nd ranked defense. So Johnny Jones runs a good defensive scheme. Like, I, don't, I don't know, whatever. Good defense, crappy offense. Actually, only one player, that John Walker guy, who played at the uh, John Walker played at the four and in the five, six nine, two hundred pounds. Again, he's a senior. I don't know if he's coming back, but he was the only player who actually averaged double digits. So that's just kind of an interesting thing. Um, and yeah, like I, I just don't know what to talk about. Like Texas Southern, they they've made it. They've kind of carried the swack the last two years, never since Johnny Jones has been a coach, but like, I don't know who's coming back. So I'll, I'll watch, uh, I'll, I'll put it in the corp as said in the corporate world, I'll put a pin on this and we could, we can go back and see what this team looks like in a couple months, but, uh, it's really tough to say. Uh, the one player that I did see is incoming that has been posted on the line is, and I'll pull up his name right now, Sean Jones Jr., who I guess is ranked a three-star by by something. It, definitely not 24-7, but he's it, it, this uh, HBCUGameDay.com says Texas Southern basketball has just signed Sean Jones Jr., a solid prospect from the high school ranks, which means that he's probably a great prospect in this com- in this conference. And he's a 6'5", 185-pound forward who's been praised for his versatility as a defender and upside on offense as a combo forward as a prep star. Uh, the 54th best power forward in his class. Whatever. So, you know what? He'll be my player to watch for just because he's new. He'll bring in some nice young blood to this team of veterans. And hopefully they have a lot of veterans coming back. Because I, it's tough to say who's staying and who's going. I've said this a million times already. Um, their home court is called Health and PE Arena. That's kind of funny. Um, they need a little sponsor. Someone sponsor Texas Southern, please. They can't have that name for their gym. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what else to touch on. I, I hope some guys come back and help out good old Johnny Jones because... He, he needs all the help they can get to keep this tiny little dynasty going in the slack. Um, they went 19 and 13 last year. Like, I don't know. I'll put them at like 19 and 15 because, and like, like uh, 17 and 15 actually, just because I don't know. And keep an eye on that, that recruit. Um, Sean Jones Jr. because he's the only recruit that I've seen that's actually important. But uh, Johnny Jones, good luck. Hope you can keep this dynasty going. And um, next I'll be back with a little bit of a recap over what we've discussed. All right, now I'll just recap uh, a little bit of the mess that we just talked about. Uh, I may change how I do this in the future, uh, but with all of the, you know, we, I discussed, we discussed a few teams uh, back in what we'll call the prehistory of on the bubble, with how Calvin and I did it versus how we're doing it, how I'm planning on doing it now. Uh, so basically, I just took all of my uh, predicted records and just made a little ranking. I'll go over 
once more. Um, the only team that I will not mention is Alabama State, but from what I recall, Calvin and I absolutely hate the program. We hate everything it stands for, and none of the players are respectful to an up-and-coming college basketball podcast. So we're going to ignore Alabama State. Feel free to see our previous recap, as well as uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Alcorn State, Bethune-Cookman, Alabama State, uh, because we did all of our uh, previews earlier before this long episode. Uh, I also failed to keep um, proper notes um, in my on my computer over this long period of time because I didn't expect that I'd be doing uh, this longer formed podcast episode. But um, so I'm just going to rush through all these teams. We all know it. We it's time to move on to the next conference. So starting off, um, I had Southern as the number one. Uh, as the number one team in the SWAC overtaking Texas Southern. Um, I had Southern at 20 and 15 with Tyrone Wines as the best returning player. And I think I just bumped them up because I needed some team to get some win- more wins. And uh, the coach, I just kind of want to watch more games of his. So th- this honestly just kind of makes me want to remember Southern and uh, watch a little bit more. But yeah, Southern's going to be my number one team. Uh, Texas Southern, last year's conference champion, actually last two years' conference champion. I have them in second place, um, 17 and 15. And then Grambling rounds out the group that actually only just clears 500. And I have them at a perfect 500 record. Uh, Watch out for Jonathan Aku. And then from there, and I'll just list them down. We, we've talked about them. Prairie View, A&M, Alcorn State uh, are teams that I have that are like between 40% and 50% wins. And then the worst of the worst, I'm just going to list them. Bethune-Cookman, Jackson State, Alabama State. Oh, yeah, that's the, the Madlock Brothers. I forgot about that. Oh, that'll actually be fun to watch. Watch the Madlock Brothers and check out our Alabama State episode to learn more. But coach and player both coming in. To save Alabama State. Pretty cool. Uh, then FAMU, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and the worst team that I'm covering is uh, that I have their projected record, at least mine, in front of me, is Mississippi Valley State. Of course, Alabama State, we're going to say, is the worst. But those are my predictions. I'm going to revisit this at the end of the year. But thank you all for listening, and stay tuned for the next conference. Cheers.